BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Are you ready to move your career forward? Make your comeback with Purdue Global and get college credit for your work, school, life, or military experiences. With these credits, you may have already completed up to 75% of your undergraduate degree. You've worked hard to get where you are. It's time to get the recognition you deserve and earn a degree you'll be proud of. One that employers will trust and respect. When you take the next step in your life and career, make it count with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals. It's not about being the best in the world. It's about doing what's best for the world. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. I'm Greg Hill from WEEI, and I'm taking a walk around the seaport with Buzz. Welcome to Taking a Walk, an excursion to converse, connect, and catch up at a cool location with some of the most interesting people you can find. I'm Buzz Knight, and the Taking a Walk series is about connecting with cool people at great locations. And for me, it's awesome because it gives me a chance to get to know someone even better, especially someone whose work I've admired and respected over many, many years. Today, we're in the Seaport District with a uh, Boston radio icon, businessman, all-around great guy. He's the former morning man from WAAF, and he's currently the morning host at WEEI. Please welcome Greg Hill. Buzz, great to see you. Yeah, thanks for taking a walk. This is really great. I am uh, so looking forward to this. Um, when I think about our our time uh, in this market, it's usually been you and I fleeting uh, moments at uh, you know the Capitol Grill, walking through. Or Wait, are you saying you know, I only hang out at restaurants? Is that what you're saying? Restaurants we'll get, or bars? We'll get, we'll get to, to that. that. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, no, the I same mean, could be said of me, too. <laughs> I was always just trying to get you to either hire me or make an <laughs> offer so I could get more out of wherever I was working. <laughs> I love that. I love that. I hope I helped uh, maybe occasionally. <laughs> I think you did. Yeah. I think you did. Because I always uh, enjoy that tactic for sure. But uh, I think the most that we actually, I was thinking about this, that we actually uh, got to talk, if I'm not mistaken, was at your former boss's uh, wife's uh, memorial, if I believe. Ron Valeri's wife was yes. passed away. Yes. I remember yes. talking to you at the after uh, gathering there, and that was probably the longest we probably ever talked. It was, yeah. Sad and moment for sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, and just, you know, one of the... I worked for Ron Valeri a bunch of times back and forth, and one of the, like, one of the most instrumental people when it comes to uh you know, a mentor and somebody that was just a great program director in our business, like just uh, kind of, you know, could be 
uh, a little bit uh, aggressive at times in the way in which he managed people, but you know, sometimes that's better, right? Yeah, Ron's a superstar. Ron worked for me uh, many, many years ago uh, back in Connecticut, and then when he made the move up to AAF, uh, we were all very proud of him, and then and subsequently I would, you know, move into the uh, to the market. So, uh, so before we uh, get into some of the, you know, ways and means that Greg Hill left the mean streets of Stowe and hit the big time. <laughs> um, I want to let you know the cool thing about doing podcasts, you probably know, is uh, we have a global audience. This is what kind of mystifies me when I look at the, uh, the, the data coming in. Uh, we got a big audience in, uh, in, in Great Britain. I don't know if you have really? any words for the folks in Great Britain. Yeah. Well, what does one say? What, like, is it cheerio or like, what is, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, what? Bugger. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, big audience also in, uh, Italy for some reason. I really? can't figure that out. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> and then what would you say Define to a big audience in Italy. 12 like, people. Okay. <laughs> God, well, that's good. Twelve more than I have. So. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, Czechoslovakia too. As really? Well. Yeah, it's the strangest thing. I don't know why this happens, but I find it rather uh, amusing. So you know, maybe contacted by the CIA or something to send secret messages to the <laughs> Ukrainians or something. Like. I know. It's, it's so like cr- the. Um, what was so it? Cr- did you ever? Did you listen to that podcast series at all by any chance on the Scorpion song? No, I did. Wind of Change. Oh no, I love that song. You should listen. It was. Theoretically, it was it was written by the CIA. Oh, oh God! And then, the, and then they went to the Scorpions, and and it was it was all a secret message. Oh, so. that is so funny! Yeah. I got to check that out. No secret messages here. No. We're just uh, we're just taking a walk and having a having a good old time. So you know, besides your your you know great status and um, you know legend in the market, when I was thinking of the series and people to take a walk with. Um, one of the reasons I thought of you immediately was your your history, which I so admired, of these walks you would take uh, from Worcester to Boston yeah. uh, for, uh, you know, charities and, and all of that. Uh, tell me about that and some of the great stories behind that, because we used to look at you in awe for those. <laughs> well, when... Don't tell when me I, you drove the, the whole No, way. no, no, no. I, I actually walked the whole way. I, when... <laughs> When I started on WAAF in 1989, um, it was considered really to be a Worcester station. So we wanted to break into the Boston market, and we wanted to do that for revenue. And so in order to do that, we didn't, you know, as is typical in radio and probably maybe with this podcast, I don't know, we, there were no advertising budgets. Is there, <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, for is sure. Is there an advertising budget no. for taking a walk? No. no. Um, so... <laughs> Um, the way to do that was to do something stupid uh, or something that something that would would get people to notice. So um, we started off with me walking from Worcester to Boston over three or four days and collecting change along the way for the Greater Boston Food Bank and the Worcester County Food Bank. And then over the years expanded it with everybody that was on the show, whether it was LB or Spaz or Danielle. And, and so... Um, I, to me, I look back on those, those kinds of things as being like kind of the great days of radio where 
you could do you didn't have lawyers that weren't involved you could <laughs> you know you could do things like that and there wasn't an argument against it now you know you bring something up that you want to do and there are 10 people arguing against why you can't do it as opposed to saying how do we figure out how to do it so yep. i love that but you know getting being able to shake hands with people and meet them and being able to say to them hey listen to me tomorrow morning on the radio is the greatest you know way in which to build a radio show and um when i first started this somebody said to me doing a morning show is like running for president and the more hands that you shake the more people that will listen to you so do you remember who um, said that i don't re- i i think it believe it or not it may have been john garabedian uh, who I, you know, yeah. I worked for John at V66 when I was uh, still in high school um, and taught me a lot of things and certainly a guy who's done really, really well in our in our business. Yeah, he just uh, fairly recently uh, sold those radio stations down at the Cape to a friend of mine, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he, but he's a guy who loved radio. Yep. You know, and, and you know, I, I think there are still a considerable amount of that people amount of those people in this business but i'm not sure that there are as many as there used to be when when we first started yeah and i think it's uh it's beautiful when uh you can look at it from the position that i was in and i would look and like competitively just be like ah that great hill look he's doing this again (laughs) but we would really use this as a standard uh, I'm not just telling you this either in local discussions with talent or it, when I was in a corporate uh, role when we would try to say this is how you should do it this is the model you should follow so you really uh, had that and still have that you know great uh, influence when it comes to you know what you've done for uh, your community and what you continue uh, to do for the I community. I appreciate you saying that. Well, it's the, it's the real thing. Now, uh, who else shaped you in that regard to think in those terms about community and helping people out? Uh, who, well, who else was you know, I worked for um, a great general manager uh, in the early days at, at WAF named Bruce Mittman. You know Bruce? Sure. And Bruce was a guy who always said yes, and Bruce was somebody who uh, always found a way to get things done, and he did. He was not afraid of the FCC. He wasn't. He wasn't afraid of <laughs> advertisers saying they're not going to spend. He was like an absolute animal, you know, an absolute savage, and was um, he was a big believer in, and Ron was too. And if you're gonna if you're gonna have edgy content, you need to balance that out by what you do in the community. So that when you do get in trouble, you can turn around and point and go, well, wait a second, you know, yeah, we're edgy, and yeah, we say this, and, and yeah, you know, this, you know, this stupid thing that we did was resulted in this, but we also go around and help out in these ways. And so it's kind of where I got that from, I guess. The white glove, you know, uh, that's what yeah. we would call it. That's what we call the white glove. The white glove, yeah. yeah. And one thing about Bruce Mittman, I, I love Bruce to death and respect him greatly. Bruce has to be a little bit more candid with his opinion on things because he really, <laughs> he really holds back. He doesn't really tell you how he feels. Right? Yeah, no, you're right. <laughs> yeah. that's, what's so, that's what's so amazing uh, about him. So when did you first get the bug uh, and realize that uh, this was going to be a career? Well, I so I grew up listening to 
radio, uh, I was a huge fan of a guy named Larry Glick, who was on WBZ at night. And so when I was, you know, in middle school, I loved Larry Glick. I loved radio. I loved, I listened to WBCN. I was really into music. I was into the music that BCN played, not necessarily into the music that AAF played at the time. Um, And so I had a, we had a room off my house in Stowe where I grew up, which was like an old garage room, essentially. And I went out, I had a paper route. I went out and saved all my paper route money, bought myself two turntables, and I would go out and buy, I went to the the Woolworths, which was in Maynard, <laughs> every week, and bought the top 20 45s, the, the songs that were that were popular, and I would go every day after school and legitimately do a radio show in the in in that room, which no one was listening to. <laughs> and um, it was a great place to Make mistakes, fuck up, and learn. You know, yep. uh, figure out kind of what my like, you know, what my style was going to be when nobody was listening. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you know, as I at times during my career, there were only two or three more people listening than were listening <laughs> in the garage. So it, was, yeah. it really wasn't. But I, you know, it's something that I was I was always passionate about. I look back now and say I'm really fortunate because my my passion ended up being what I was able to work in and make a living in. And I'm, and I'm so lucky about that. So lucky about it. Yeah. It's beautiful to see it. And then beautiful to see, uh, the layers that you, you know, add to your personal brand, like over time. I mean, you didn't start obviously with, uh, working the charitable piece. You grew that piece, obviously. And then you ultimately, you know, added into that your, foundation so tell me uh about the first genesis of the foundation and talk about some of the work that the foundation is doing well i always had not always but after i had been doing this for 15 years and i had you know frequently i would walk in to do the show at 5 a.m and something tragic had happened overnight you know whether it was the death of a police officer or a fire or story about a family who needed help, and there was no at that point there was no such thing as GoFundMe, um, so there was no central way of giving that existed. So I had had this idea in in my mind about establishing a foundation so that immediately we could, you know, everybody's attention is on those things when they happen right that moment, and then news cycle wise, life cycle wise, people move on to other things. So. By the time a fund used to get set up at the local credit union, everybody was on to something else. So I wanted to be able to establish a way that people could give that morning. We could use radio for what it is best at, which is immediacy and being able to help out locally in the community right away. And so um, in 2011, to celebrate my 20th year on the radio... I established that foundation, and we have, I'm really, really proud to say, and it's not, I don't get, should not get the credit for it, it should be the people who've given over the years, but uh, we have literally just hit the $20 million mark when it comes to what we've donated. Wow. 
So that's outstanding. Um, and that's thousands and thousands of people who give twenty-five dollars, fifty dollars, go to an event, help out, you know, over and over and over again. It's it's extraordinary. It's it's amazing to me how generous we live in the most generous part of the country as far as I'm concerned. People give and give and give. But you also have a lot of great, uh, you know, corporate sponsors we do. as well. Yeah, and we've been able to get to that point where we can leverage kind of what we do. And it takes a while for people to understand what you do and to kind of sit there and watch you do it. And um, so we're really fortunate in that way as well. Congratulations on it. Uh, let's talk about the seaport. Um, you've certainly seen, I've certainly seen how it's just transformed uh, over the last couple of years five years yeah um we're looking out over here this is fan pier right yeah Yeah. and uh it's just crazy what's going on so talk about where we're at and well i love you know i moved here two years ago i love this section of the city i love the water um i'm uh we have a house in maine which which i love and i love being every day i love being out here uh, on the water, whether it's walking around like we are today, or I mean, honestly, I spend a lot of time eating as well at, at Davio's or wherever, you know. So, um, but I, this neighborhood to me is just, it's the biggest thing about it is I'm old, so it's it, it's alive. Like you walk outside, I'm almost dropped my phone in the water when he said that. <laughs> but, uh, but do you you, uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, do you feel it when you come down here? That it's that it's that it's alive. That there, there's absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. By the way. Uh, I don't get into the city that much, unfortunately, which is really lame. But uh, <laughs> oh, you know. I mean, listen, I think you go through different stages in your life. You know, I lived in Stowe from the time that my kids were born until they were out of the house, and and I love being in the suburbs. But I like, I you know, stages. Like I love being back in the city. I love, I love it. Yeah, I love coming in. Still come in from time to time, but. Uh, if I get past Fiorella's and Concord, that's, uh, that's a big night. <laughs> I've seen you there as well. Yes, you have. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we both yeah. have the same. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I, now, when you go to different cities, do you have, like, places restaurant-wise that you're locked in in, in different cities as well? No, I, can't, I like to go. You know, I, I like to find out where. I don't, you know, I, there's some great, you know, national chain restaurants, but I like asking around and finding out where people like to go and then being able to talk to people kind of about their city and about I, I mean I, I love traveling and someday I, you know I certainly haven't been uh, you know one who has not traveled but um, I look forward to you know someday when I do stop doing this to being able to travel a lot because I, I love visiting places just while we're walking it just occurred to me uh, there's a place I'm sure you know it by the way this is a little bit of a, a game but it's also a story the it's a place in Concord called Sally Ann's. It's a little pastry yeah. coffee shop. Yeah. I, mean, I know you know it. Yeah. So anyway, Bill, the owner there, uh, Bill was listening to one of the Taking a Walk podcasts, and he was particularly amused at the, the notion, I think it was when Dan Shaughnessy and I took a walk, and he thought it was hysterical how... You see, I could hear you guys sort of huffing a little bit when you're yeah, walking. Yeah. I said, well, we're walking. I mean, <laughs> no, you, it's legit. What do you want? This you is know? like the first day that I'm going to get my 10,000 steps in, which I tell myself every morning I'm going to get my 10,000 steps in. Yeah. I get about 5,000, but yeah, it's cool. We're doing it. So how's it going on EEI? That obviously was a major shift in your life. Yeah. How's it um, going? I, I Listen, for me, it was a great opportunity and a, and a great challenge, and... Um, I think that um, we have, you know, 
because you did this so well for so long that it's all about, in my opinion, it's all about chemistry. And um, you can't fake chemistry. And we are at a great point in uh, when it comes to the Greg Hill show with the cast of characters where there's great chemistry. And um, it takes a while to get there. It takes getting the right people. It takes getting to know people. It takes years of working together to know a story about Chris Curtis that you know I can share on the air that's good you know and, and I know how Curtis is going to react he knows how I'm going to react so I we're at a, it's almost three years of that I've been there um, we are we're at a great point and I think the the radio station is first of all it's a legendary radio station first sports radio station in Boston um, some incredible talented people have worked there over the years it's a I have I take a lot of pride in being able to be a part of that and we're I think the station is evolving as as any brand does after 30 years so it's kind of cool to be a part of that and you got a great guy Mike Thomas who's a dear friend uh, as well who's uh, at the helm there and really uh, good guy yeah um, and he's a guy who kind of helped Sports Hub become what, what Sports Hub is. And so, um, to me, it's really exciting. Like, I, you know, I, as you know, I said earlier, I am fortunate to still have a career in this business. I did 28 years on AAF, almost 29. And you're only, and like, 37, so it's weird. I'm, but honestly, I'm out of breath like I'm 70 during this walk. That, that's the, that is a real problem. But, yeah. No, I, I love it. I get I get up every day excited to go in there and, and talk about Tom Brady for the 170th day in a row. Yeah, and the thing around Boston is there's never any sports to right. talk about, really. <laughs> right. Now, remember, for right. the format, and it still could be an issue for the format, but I remember there was this thing, and it was sort of market-dependent on, well, when the teams aren't playing or they're not in, you know, uh, season... Um, what are you going to talk about? And it seems like that's not a problem now, is it? No. I, first of all, I think in Boston, when the teams are not playing well, it's that's better for sports <laughs> right. radio. Um, but also, you know, I came there with the intent to to do lots of different things. I, I to me, content is content, and if yeah, my goal is to try to find a way to make and people are miserable. We're all miserable in the morning. We're going to work. Work sucks. Um, so I'm always trying to find a way to make people smile, and uh, it doesn't always have to be sports. It, it can be what's on the mind, you know, after the blizzard, the, the you know, or after the beautiful sunny summer weekend. It's it's about what, what what's going on in the city. It's really about what you want to talk about, what's on people's minds. This question almost sounds a little bit of a cross between Oprah and Jiminy Glick. So <laughs> let's let's give it a go. So, Craig, why do why do people like you? <laughs> Uh, well, there's a considerable amount. If you if you pay attention to the text messages no, or no. Uh, social media, there's a considerable amount who probably don't. But I hope. I, I think probably a better question is, why do you hope that people like you? I, would you? Why so, do you hope people on, like I gotta, you, Craig? I, I have to. I have to. I, I keep. I, I need lots of uh, things answered about this question. <laughs> Are you talking about people who listen, or my family, my friends? Because I I separate the two. Oh, all right. It doesn't have to be separated. They all intersect a little bit. Yeah. I uh, listen. I hope people like me because um, they 
appreciate the fact that I have uh, done my best to help the community out, uh, that I'm in, in general a pretty uh, positive guy who I enjoy. There's people in our business, I feel like, who are unable to, for whatever reason, um, appreciate the success of others. Um, I love being able to see somebody who has worked with me or worked at a, at a station that I'm at who goes on to do great things. So I hope they appreciate that. I hope they appreciate the fact that I've worked really hard to be a pretty good father. Um, and I hope they, I hope they like the, if I, you know, I'm trying to get some kind of stupid dad joke off. I hope they appreciate the effort. <laughs> Well, I also think, though, too, I would add uh, that, you know, you're approachable. I mean, uh, and I have seen this in, in real time where uh, I, there is uh, air talent who's not really that approachable and comfortable, uh, you know, in the public setting. And um, you are approachable. Yeah. And people sense that and feel that. And I think that's part of the connection that you continue to make well if you know we're without if, no, if nobody's listening then we're uh, i'm gonna be doing a job that requires physical effort and i i can't do that so i am grateful more than i can express when i meet people who give me part of their day to listen um and i think that um I got another great piece of advice from a guy who used to be a production director uh, at WAF in the early years. His name was Mitch Todd. And he was talking about air personalities, people on the air, because he had been on the air for a while. And he said, you always have to remember that we are one step below the carnival barker when it comes to fame. (laughs) So (laughs) I think that... You know, I think that we're really fortunate to be in a business where people, you know, are interested in what we say. They want, they, they're hoping that you're able to entertain them, inform them, and they give you some credit for that. But we're not, you know, we're not Tom Brady. We're not, uh, you know, we're not David Ortiz. We're just, we're, we're on the radio and it's no big deal. So if you act like it's a big deal, I, I don't know why you do. Well, so you've, uh, got the entrepreneurial side of your life, philanthropic, obviously, the entertaining side. In closing, any last chapter that you haven't fulfilled that you might want to fulfill? Um, oh, yeah. I, I think, I mean, there's there are a lot of things that I, I want to do, and I, I don't really, you know, I don't know what they are. I, I think um, I am interested in being able to do something that is it, it is a, is mentoring people in some way, shape, or form when it comes to this business. And they, by, by the way, this business isn't this business is what you're doing right now. We're in the business of audio content, whether it's delivered via podcast or delivered on the radio or delivered into your head by Elon Musk in ten years. We're all in this business of of sharing a little bit about ourselves and trying to make people think and trying to make people laugh and so I'd love to do something at some point that gives me the opportunity to interact with people who are really passionate about that well Greg what about you though 
What about me? All right, now at the Anything end, that that you, I, I, it wouldn't be if I did this and I didn't interview the interviewee. Yeah, that would be a failure on my part. So, how are you enjoying this next chapter for you? And is there anything that you haven't done that you want to do? So I'm I'm loving it. Um, I'm loving it because it's reawakening uh, skills that I needed to reawaken from being somebody that was on the air previously. Um, I'm learning. Um, sometimes the hard way. Um, I've always loved interviews, and that's always been something that I really uh, enjoy. I love creating things or being part of it. I was usually the person who uh, was part of the creating, but my part was get out of the way and let the creative people do the creating and just help them. So, uh, so this venture I really like, and uh, and it's something that I want to continue to enjoy. But. Um, I'd like to find something that uh, you know helps an industry that I'm very grateful for, that uh, has been good to me, and that certainly uh, can always use a lift. Um, so that's what I would like to do. Whether it be um, something that helps uh, AM radio, honestly, <laughs> yeah. which yeah. may be too late. I hate to say. Uh, I mean, we have in this market. Uh, Boston for you folks in Czechoslovakia, uh, they probably can hear it or there, Italy. right? Or Italy. Yeah. Uh, I mean, 10:30 WBZ is one of those other iconic, you know, AMs um, that will survive. But it breaks my heart when I see AMs that just sign off because that's a better uh, business decision. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's heartbreaking. So I don't know. Maybe I can be part of something with a group to, you know, give AM owners another shot at something. Uh, another revenue stream so maybe those are some of the things but I, I want to uh, be around people who are collaborative and creative alright and then two more one thing you miss only one thing you miss about radio being being involved in radio on a day to day basis oh the team collaboration and then ultimately the wins that came from that and one thing you don't miss and you can't say salespeople. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I would say uh, the traffic jams that I used to have to be in. I, That's right, a dipl- very diplomatic. Well, you're a professional. That's a diplomatic answer. Um, you didn't say no, I was obnoxious. Very, I think you're saying obnoxious, overpaid talent. No, I love talent. <laughs> I started as talent, so I know how to be obnoxious just like the next guy. Um, and I love always being with talent, and that was where I was always most comfortable. But um, there were times I would be driving uh, out from Metro West and be flying to, let's say, Philadelphia, and I would be in traffic, you know, listening to you and other morning shows for an hour and a half or two hours, and then I would get to the airport and fly to Philadelphia, and then I would uh, be in traffic when I landed in Philadelphia for another hour and a half. So that I don't miss. I will, it was one, if there were good things about the pandemic, that was one. Oh the, yeah. The the you could get anywhere you want to go in the city in ten minutes. Right. So yeah. So I mean I I uh, I, I don't miss that, um, but I miss those those collaborations for sure, um, and um, you know being associated with those those wins because uh, we had some good some good wins uh, across across the board. You know? Well, keep doing this. Thanks for including me. I think I reached out because I had listened to. 
taking a walk with Doris Kearns Goodwin, yeah. who's your friend from Concord. And, oh, thank you. Um, yeah. So keep doing it, and thanks for thanks for letting me take a walk with you. Oh, uh, thanks for doing it, Greg. This has been a blast. All right, man. Taking a walk with Buzz Knight is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals. It's not about being the best in the world. It's about doing what's best for the world. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota.